it's a really, really fascinating conversation to have uh, with our next guest. She has begun something that's called Black Girl Hockey Club Canada. Soroya Tinker, pretty accomplished right now. Like you can tell right away when uh, when you speak to her and when I've seen her doing interviews, this is just somebody that absolutely gets it. And she's giving back right now in the prime of her professional hockey career. She plays for the Toronto Six in the Premier Hockey Federation. That's the big league. It used to be the NWHL. But they're paying full-time wages now. They're covering players' benefits. And she's a big part of the league. She was just in Toronto, where obviously she plays for the Sixth for the All-Star game this past weekend. And she joins me on Toronto today. Soroya Tinker, it's great to have you on. This league's done really well. Um, I see the game really well promoted online. People know where to find these games. Are players pleased with how the league has gone? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think we we still have a long way to go to reach that uh, like that hardcore professional level that we want to get to. Um, but at the same time, we see improvements each year. Um, we've got sustainable living wages. We have benefits now. Um, things like that 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 go into making a professional league. So um, we're super excited every time a new new thing comes up and a new thing gets announced. Um, obviously, we doubled our salary cap again for next season, and that's that's very important to us as players and and being able to be full time hockey. Um, so I mean everything the league's doing everything they put in is 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 for us and for the future of women's hockey and that's really what we're here to do it might not be all all flowers right now for for us but we're making the path for the girls behind us that um, are going to be able to make a living wage right out of college and just flow right into pro hockey so um, I think it's important that we're amplifying the game and, and the PHF is doing doing just that I want to mention that you guys are playing, the Six are playing the Buffalo Buttes this weekend, Saturday and Sunday, 2 o'clock for both those home games at Canlan Sport Arena up at York University. And you'll play Montreal same time, Saturday and Sunday, Super Bowl Sunday um, at 2 o'clock. When you bring that up about benefits, so your rookie year, let's say you, hypothetically, you, you know, need dental surgery, you lose a tooth or something, or you you need an MRI after it. What would have happened that first year that, that changes now? I think that's interesting. Yeah, I mean, um, obviously, I think if it's under team stuff, I think they they do obviously have obligations. But um, mm-hmm. a lot of us have to, I mean, in terms of PT, like massages cost money, dry needling, cupping therapy, um, all the things that, that high-level athletes need because we train um, to that extent. So, I mean, I think uh, I think we've come a long way. We have benefits to be able to have that accessible to us. Um, and obviously we have PT trainers with us on our team and whatnot, but, uh, there's a whole nother level to, uh, professional athletics and, and that's taking care of your body and, um, making sure that you're good to go and every player is different. So it's so important that we have that access now. Soraya Tinker is our guest on Toronto today on 640 Toronto. She plays defense for the Toronto six. Um, you start black girl hockey club Canada about three months ago, and I'm fascinated by the fact that a lot of athletes, and you know this, they wait until maybe really late in their career or they retire and they get really involved and give back. You're doing it now. Did you hesitate at all thinking, can I do this now? Can I, you know, what have I, you know, what have I, I can't manage the time properly. I love that you jumped in when you're going to be playing a bunch of more years professionally and you say, I can handle it now. I, I don't need to wait 10 years, 15 years. This needs its help now. Yeah, I mean, I I think I see it as being a piece of representation and I think I want to be a a touchable 
female athlete for these girls. I mean, obviously we, we look at like LeBron or Steph Curry or, or whoever, and we don't necessarily see them as, as touchable. If you DM them, they might not answer your DM in terms of the little kids and whatnot, but I have just enough girls that I can share my attention with. And I obviously have the luxury of doing that, but, um, I think it's it's so important to be able to be touchable as as a pro athlete. And obviously it comes with, you know, dedicating time and energy to it. But uh, that's the reason I am playing. Um, I, I've said mm-hmm. it before. Obviously, I, I want to be uh, a top top two, top three defensemen on my team and and play consistently and be the best player I can be. But at the same time, I know how to play hockey now. And um, and and with that comes more uh, more time to focus on the girls. And um, I realize that they see me on the ice. They can see themselves. And, and that's really the, the sole reason why I'm playing. So um, obviously, it, all athletes have different reasons behind their their playing style and, and how they play. But um, that's my reason. And, and my girls are what keep me going. I think just you nailed it there, just being seen and for the players to see you in themselves and them in you is it just must be so significant. I I mean, we'd make that case for all female pro hockey players. We'd make that case even for female players in the Olympics when that started in 1998, because it just didn't exist before that. But that must mean so much to you that, you know, a 14 year old, a 10 year old could look at you and go, I want to do what you're doing someday. We didn't have that before. Yeah, for sure. I mean, um, and it's it's the little things that I I find. I mean, whether it's it's just saying hello to them at the arena when I recognize them, um, or having weekly meetings with them. Um, obviously, it, it takes up quite a bit of my time, but I, I think that they bring me enough joy that I don't mind doing it at all. Um, I meet with one little girl named Trinity every Monday evening, um, and some nights I'm exhausted and feel like I don't have the energy, but I know that every time I finish that call, I'm smiling and laughing at what uh what what 10 year old trinity had to say so in that sense i i think it's so important that um i recognize how much they can do for me in in terms of the simple joys of the game um but but also making sure that i'm giving back to them and and giving them a pathway to to follow and 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 be on uh moving forward See, I, I think you're an important person here, um, and and I think we're and and it's why part of part of why we're talking is we're looking to figure out where where hockey's going to go. And and I'll tell you, I, I did OHL play by play for seven years, so saw a lot on the buses where I'm like, I, I don't know, and in the rinks where I'm like, it feel it felt for a while to me like it was the least inclusive sport, and that's. If you if you came from somewhere else, even the European players had trouble fitting in sometimes mm. with the Ontario players. I, I didn't feel the Ontario players welcomed them if they couldn't speak English as a first language right away. Or obviously, um, you know, players that 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 weren't white. You're moving the ball forward. Are, are we are we getting there? But there's still elements. Sometimes it's like we're we're moving ahead, but then there'll be that moment, right? There'll be that frustrating eye rolling moment, and you're like, "Come on!" Like like we should be further ahead in hockey than where we are right now. How do you feel about it? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that the conversation has been started. Uh, I know that when I was growing up, there weren't any conversations regarding racism in the game or um, hockey culture being toxic as we we know it to this day. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, 
I think the conversation is is a starter. Um, but obviously, with that, you need actionable steps um, to follow. So I think that we're still looking for those those steps to follow on the on the hockey side. Um, definitely within the NHL and um, within minor hockey. Um, I think it, it's all around. These these instances occur weekly. Um, our inboxes are are flooded with these incidences of racism, and obviously, it's still a problem in the game. Um, so I, I think that obviously the the conversation has been started. Started, but we really need to figure out what we're actually going to do about it um, and, and put those those actions um, into play. What are big steps that that fix it? I always think, well, well, you know, see something, say something. And and I always I always struggle. I know governments and, and you know, they can tell us to be a certain way. I, I just always look at racism and people that discriminate. And I say it like it get fix it gets fixed in your own home sometimes or your subdivision or your school or that locker room or dressing room. Um, and you got to say something when something something isn't right. And people of my generation, I, I, I'm not sure we did the best job. And I know our parents before that did a really lousy job. So so there's an evolutionary process. But what are some of the things that that can move us further down the road, do you think? Yeah, I, I mean, I think the first step is taking ca- accountability. I mean, I I still feel like I see p- plenty of conversations and um, news outlets that that say hockey doesn't have a problem. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think the first like, step is is admitting that we have an issue, and uh, I think we need to stop treating these these incidences as as just single one off incidents. These happen so often, um, so therefore you you do have a major problem. Uh, so obviously, I I think accountability is huge but also educating yourself and like you said see something say something um and and that goes along with accountability again but um i always say google's free um <laughs> I, I think that it's so important that we we educate our kids and our community around us on different cultures and obviously our our population in canada is is so diverse and i think that it's so important that we actually um include that in the hockey community I want to let people know uh, again about your games this weekend, but how can people listening who are really, really intrigued find out more about um, the Black Girl Hockey Club Canada? Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, I'm I'm Soroy Tinker 71 on all social media media platforms, um, and you can follow or go look at our page, Black Girl Hockey Club Canada, and uh, you can follow and look at www.blackgirlhockeyclubca.org. Um, we are a national uh, nonprofit, so we do have a U.S. division as well. If you are uh, listening in mm-hmm. in the states um, and want that access as well, but we do uh, operate cross border now. So, uh, regular season goes till March 12th. They'll host Boston for two games that that could determine first uh, in the PHF, and maybe we can have another conversation closer to the end of the season. I really, again, I think you're such an important voice for the sport, for all sports in Toronto. Thank you so much for spending the time with our show. For sure. Thank you so much for having me on. I appreciate it. Soroya Tinker, our guest on Toronto today. I don't know what you were doing at 24, but did, did you have a degree from Yale? Were you playing pro hockey? Were you starting something foundation up so groundbreaking uh, as black girl hockey? I don't know. She's really something. It's great to have her on and grew up in the schwa. Success stories from Oshawa. I'm more than willing um, to highlight. Um no question about it. No question about it. Highlight those uh, those Durham region superstars.